Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Look how warm my Yankees are. They're so warm, I hate that. Oh, I'll tell you. Yours are nice. They're like soft. These are from Seed. Yeah, they're lovely. I'll tell a story about cold Yankees. Okay. Okay. Chris, should we do another one? Yeah. We're going. Okay. We're doing it. Oh, we're on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you heard me talk. We were talking about. We were just feeling each other's tracks. The long sock crusade (laughs) continues for me. So I was at a barbecue uh, over Christmas, New Year, and we were sitting outside, and it got it it turned cold. Just all of a sudden, it was a beautiful kind of afternoon. But then yeah. as the night went on, it, it just became really cold. And I'm a big advocate for I am not at a place any longer than I have to be. Yes, I don't hang right. around to we be nice this. because I feel like I have to – or you have to wait till a certain time. I'm just like, I'm off. I'm going. See you later. Leaving Bella. Yeah. Yes. So I turned to Nicholas, who was there, and I said, um, I feel like you're staying. And he was like, oh, well – You already told uh, this story. Yeah. And I left because I was so cold? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you forgotten that? Oh, my God. You've turned into like... I'm 108 years my old. Husband. And what's it happened I literally again? left because my ankles were cold. Oh, it was your ankles. <laughs> it was my ankles. Why is it, I wonder? Is it because there's no fat on them or they something? They feel or? dead. If you When your ankles get cold, yeah. you feel like a dead person. This is why the Ugg boot is perfect because if True. you have got your short socks on from runners or something yes. and you've got tracks and there's a gap... Put the Ugg boot on. The Ugg boot Do you have cover. Ugg boots, Kirst? No, I'm a moccasin operator, so I've got the moccasins. Oh, right. I have moccasins too. Yeah, oh, love okay. them. Okay, I'm, I'm a boot. I used to have Ugg boots and Nicholas said they were atrocious and I had to throw them out. They are. Yeah, they're hideous. Well, do we need to talk about the snake? Oh, okay. Yeah. So the first time... Does look, Kirst know this story? Every time you come here, there's... Uh, no. Nah. She might not. I don't think she does. No, I want to look back at the text too because I reckon we can put screenshots of the text. Okay, so every time I come here, uh, Dee's warned me that there's snakes around her property and it's it's quite a large property garden-wise. Like you've got a lot of garden. And so where I park, she'll say, oh, you know, be careful – that the snake doesn't park there. And we all know I had the spider Hang incident, on, right? Because the, the spider hit my screen and flew yeah, over my car. The, the snakes don't – well, it's in the wood pile near where you've Yeah, so she tells me not to park near the wood pile. No. Do you want to tell the rest of this no, part? No, okay. no, no, So anyway, so last time we did pod, it was quite a warm day. It was very warm. And we were walking down the driveway and Dee Dee kind of bid farewell to me. And I continued walking down the driveway. And as I got to a certain point, there was a really big snake. Oh. Hang on. Okay, no. so she was walking <laughs> off. I'd already said bye. And then I heard her voice say, Dee. <laughs> and I said, what now? Because I'm she thinking did. it's going to be there's going to be a spider in the she bush did. or that's some how, that's how you said bird it. that's terrifying. And I feel like <laughs> I went, I, I did that, and I didn't know what to say after that. Well, then when you said it, I'll be honest, I did think because there's quite a few blue tongues. I did think it was one of the fat blue tongues because yeah, there's one okay. that lives you over didn't that believe side. Me. I thought I was exaggerating. Little that's part fun. of me, but yeah. there is a bit of a history of snakes on the driveway, so I I did kind of semi believe you. Yeah, yeah. And you came running, and I said. There's a snake. <laughs> and you came running back. And by the time you came back, it was gone. Yeah. And Dee was very like, where did it go? Which way did it go? And I said, it was kind of like as soon as it knew I was in its presence, it went back to where it came from. Yeah. So it was going across a path and it just didn't reverse. It just scooted back around and went back to where it came from, oh, which was okay. towards your house. Yeah. Yep. Back towards your house. Yep. And then... I just abandoned ship. So you were like, which way to go? I went that way and I'm leaving that way. See ya. Like, I'm going to leave you with that. Yeah. I was out. I didn't want to hang around. Well, I need to know where it is just so I can tell everyone, look, there's a snake there. Correct. So I then set myself up at the outdoor, so there's a barbecue area. Yes. Um, with binoculars. And no, you didn't. Yes, I did. And not only that, Bonnie came and joined me and we stayed there for the longest time. We waited, we waited, we waited. And Kieran came home and I said, I have to stay here, darling, because there's a snake and I want to see it. I kept thinking I could see it. I was then yeah. going over, climbing, okay. through, couldn't find it. Do you have the text? No, I, I, I don't know what happened there. Um, 
uh, Chanel had said to me, it's as big as my Hold arm. Hold on. I, no. Ooh. So then <laughs> I'm going to find the snake text because I feel it's important. I it Here, be... I found it. What okay, kind of snake was it? Do you know? A tiger. Yuck. Well, nasty yeah. one. Well, I can, yeah, I can tell you what sort of it is. So then I text DD. We must have finished around midday. And I text DD at 18 minutes past one and said, hi there, just checking you're alive and you haven't been eaten by a snake. Daddy writes back, was just about to check on you. I'm used to seeing them, but must have been a shock for you. Are you okay? And I can't find the mofo. <laughs> I have binoculars and everything. And I said, oh, it just gave me a fright, but it was more scared of me. Dee, they usually are. Probably a tiger if it was black. And I said, it was black and the length of my arm, I would say. DD, yeah, sounds right. They're everywhere. And I write back, oh, yes, I just Googled them. That looks right. So I'm confirming that, yes, I think it's a tiger. tiger. Anyway, that finishes. Anyway, 19 minutes past three, DD text, snake is back. And I wrote, oh, my God, where? And she sends a video. There's a video of it. It's just like, where is it? Oh, yeah, there it is. It's slithering across her driveway. And I wrote, that's it. See that, that, that now that's ridiculous. I know How can you it was, even recognise it's the same snake. I that's knew. A, oh, right. Okay. I knew that was the snake. And Dee writes back, he's a baby tiger, very ballsy, just going wherever he wants. Now that is very unusual for snakes. They normally are very shy, but people say, Oh, snakes are shy, but they are. They do okay. tend to hide. For him to just come out in the middle of the day, um, and he came out. So when Kieran came home and he said, what are you two doing sitting out here? Yeah. I said, we're waiting. We're looking for the snake. And then he went, there it is. And it was right <laughs> near the, the gate. No binoculars needed. Just, no, it was just there. out doing its thing on the driveway. I will put that up on our socials just so people can yeah. see what we're talking about. Well, then about. I'm saying, what are you going to do? I wrote back to Dee what are you going to do? Because now you found the snake. Now what? Yeah. She says, can't do anything. He has friends. Oh, yeah. God. So meaning... If we kill that one, and that's a baby. So They'll someone, come looking. There's yeah, a mum's coming for you. Do they? Had that, yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but there's just always going to be snakes in this garden, so there's no point in killing it, and I don't like killing things. So then I've replied after seeing the video, I'm glad he's the length of my arm because I really thought he was, but I was also worried about exaggerating because <laughs> I was. I was certain when I was trying to give an accurate description of the snake that he was the length of my arm, and then I doubted myself. And then you're like, Kieran wanted to throw something at it. He did. He picked up. So we've got an old, an old cast iron thing. It's like a, it's a shoe last that cobblers used to use yeah. to make shoes. It's cast iron. It's really heavy. Yeah. He picked it up. He was going to throw it at it. I'm going, what are you doing? And then you'll have an injured snake lashing about trying oh. to bite you. Why would you do that? Well, then Dee Dee sends another video of her yelling at Kieran, <laughs> telling her not to kill the snake. And then... Do you want to read this part that you told uh, uh, you said to Bon? I said no. That angry. Hang on, me. Oh yeah. So I then said to Bon, Chanel's was relieved that it was that size. She thought she might have exaggerated, and Bonnie said, "Well, I did wonder. She had the thing with the spider last time. Once you've had one bad run in with nature, see? <laughs> well, you can't I was totally overplayed by the Dunleavy family thing. for yeah. my." And then Chanel sent one back saying, I went and looked at my arm in the mirror before I committed to length of my arm. I did. I went and looked at my arm in the mirror and I was like, yeah, it was that size. I'm confident. That's a small snake, but I'm sorry that happened to you. That's, I think that they hide in the Agapanthers. But So anyway, I watched where he went and I don't know where he's gone. He's over what? general. Does he he's hang somewhere. around? Well, he's somewhere in the garden. He's bound to be somewhere. Just have to watch out for them. Christ alive. Who goes first? You do. I went first last Righto. time. Righto. 2005 in Philadelphia in the US. And there's an 82-year-old woman by the name of Rose O'Prayer. And she'd lived a very lovely life. She was, she was married. She had a son. She divorced. She then went on to study and she became an electrical engineer. Oh. Um, so she's 82 at this point. She had some health, health problems. She'd had a kidney removed. She had angina and diverticulitis. But she was still getting around 
and her son Diane rang her every day. He visited her every Saturday. One day when she didn't answer, he went over and he found Rose lying on the floor. Oh, no. She had a stroke, so she wasn't able to speak or write. She recovered a little bit, but they had to move her into a nursing home. And in there, her health deteriorated. So she and her son Dan decided that when she died, she would be cremated and Dan would place her ashes on a model ship set it on fire and launch it out to sea like Sorry? the Vikings. Well, it was just their thing, you know. Oh, okay. I think some people have. Well, no, that's not not really normal, but it was just obviously a spirit of adventure, something Viking related. I'm not sure they'd been. Okay. Yeah. So that was their plan. So eventually Rose did die and Dan called Charlie Mancini of Mancini Funeral Home in South Philadelphia. Yes. He collected Rose's body to deliver it to the crematorium. Okay. There were four crematoria in Philadelphia and uh, Charlie Mancini always used one called Liberty, which was owned by the brothers Lou and Gerald Garzoni and their partner, James McCafferty Jr. Sorry, okay. there's so many names, but I'll try and keep it as simple as possible. Yep. So Charlie Mancini, the... Um, the undertaker he wheeled rose's body inside the crematorium and so the local law there was that a body should be held for 24 hours before being cremated okay i'm not sure why well just probably to make sure okay not sure but that's like some shit happened once and someone came back to life yeah and now that's a rule or a crime and they just wanted to go we need to check Yeah, so 24 hours should have been kept. But as soon as uh, Charlie Mancini left the crematorium, a man came from a building across the street and he took Rose's remains on a gurney and he wheeled it back across the street to another funeral home. What? Why? Just wait. Oh, no. Why are they wheeling? Can I just give a warning? This story is... Horrendous. Okay. Oh, my one's really horrendous this episode too. The podcast is called Dead Bodies. Yeah, it is. You know what you're getting if you get here. Okay, so he takes it back to this other funeral home over the road. And in that funeral home, a team of people known as the Cutters. Sorry? were waiting to work on Rose's body. They cut off the arms and legs at their joints. Why? Do you want to use the Terry Bell or do you want to just wait? Sorry, I was going (laughs) high-pitched. They stripped the femurs, the you know, the yes. long yep, and the other long bones out of the body. Yes. They used power tools to remove her spine. Now they were very efficient, this team. They I'm so confused. Yeah. It's Why has this just happened though? Like why have they just come across, taken her and then brought her back across and started doing this? It will make sense. Shortly. Okay. Yeah. Um, these people, the cutters, they were so efficient. They worked with lightning speed. Boom, 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 take the body apart. They had done this same thing that they were doing to Rose hundreds of times right. to other Me- bodies. They removed, mechanical. Yep. They removed tendons from the bodies. Oh. They took the heart, the major organs. They skinned the bodies, even the faces. Now, usually when a body is taken apart for harvesting for organ donation, yeah, it takes... Yeah, that's where my brain was going. So. Yeah. Well, they normally do that quite carefully, and that will take about four hours to do. These cutters were doing a whole body in about 30 minutes. Just mm. bang, bang, bang. When uh, and I know you remember you talked about skin donations yes. with the White Island yes. in New Zealand thing. Yeah, uh, a proper medical remover removal of a layer of skin from a body for a grafting that can take more than half an hour. The cutters were doing bodies in sixty seconds. Oh. It's a lot, isn't it? Why is this? Why is it happening? I, okay. But she's already dead, so how are they harvesting her organs? Right. That's okay. not a thing. Well, we've, we know that this happens. We know that the harvesting of bodies happens. We also know that the trade in cadavers has happened for a long time. Sure. Back in the late 18th century, surgeons studying anatomy would Ugh. buy corpses from body snatchers. But about 100 years ago, as we've talked about before, illegal grave robbing stopped because laws were brought in to allow people to leave their bodies to science. Yes. And also a lot of governments uh, made the decision that they would donate the bodies of paupers for medical research. And that then stopped the illegal trading in cadavers and body snatching. But now 
current day, there is great demand for not just the major organs for transplants, so hearts and kidneys and livers, but so many other parts of the bodies, uh, human bodies are used in surgeries. So they okay. use bones to repair spine injuries. Tendons. That, yep, they, yep, exactly. They grind up human bone and they use that as like a putty to fill. If people have got problems in their bones, they use that to fill the voids. <sighs> Skin from bodies, as we said, is used for burns victims. They can repair, if someone's stomach has been eaten away by acid, they can use it to repair it. They patch holes in hearts, weak but bladders. But after the person has died? Yep. Well, this is where it gets a little bit complex in this particular okay. story. So this is a, a, a case on its own. Okay, This All is right. not just happening everywhere in hospitals right. and so crematoriums everywhere. So the chop shop of humans no. has, is ripping her apart. What's happening here is yeah. wrong yes. and there will be consequences here. Um yeah, all the different parts. Corneas are taken to restore vision. Cartilage yep. is used to remodel faces. Collagen is used to fill wrinkles. Yep. So many other parts of human bodies are used, not just the ones we think of. Sure. And in fact, there's more demand for these other parts than there right. is for the major organs. So in the US alone, there is demand, and these figures are pre-COVID, but there was demand for about a million transplants a year of different wow. things but only 25,000 organ donors. Oh. So the problem is with harvesting, as you, as you say, has to be done shortly after death. Yes. Even if someone, according to their laws, has signed consent on their driver's license, Yes. in many states they also need the permission of the family. And so if the person's yeah, but... died, the family's grieving, if they're asked at that point, are you happy to go ahead with the donation, as they have said on their license, the families will often say no because they just can't cope with it at that mm. time and I know your feelings very strong on it oh yes I'm donate me yeah but a lot of people haven't thought about it and it takes a surprise and yeah so yeah. they say no so there's a shortage it is illegal to sell a dead body in the US but tissue banks are yeah. allowed to pay reasonable costs for transport and processing so they can make in dividing it all up and ship it they can make up to a hundred thousand dollars from a single corpse there is demand for and a legal way for there to be all these pieces given to transplants and surgeries but not in the way that this was being okay. done so let's just go back now to please lou garzoni's funeral home the cutters were working with poor hygiene they used the same tools and ppe with multiple bodies harvested tissue is supposed to come from healthy donors under the age of 65 and organs must be taken away within 15 hours of the death yes. but these bodies were sitting for days That's they weren't I mean. refrigerated some sat outside in an alleyway one body that had been chopped to pieces lay on a gurney covered by a slab of fake grass the body of one woman diane thomas sat out for 113 hours what? there was joseph pace a 54 year old man who had sepsis cancer hiv and hepatitis c oh my yeah james hurley he had hepatitis c and cancer 81 year old joseph gibson died of stomach cancer his tissue was removed 92 hours after he died mm. Another of the victims was a man, I don't know this man himself, but I think he was a, t a television personality, Alastair Cook. He died in, he was 95, he died in March 2004 of lung cancer. It had spread to his bones and his daughter had arranged a simple cremation with a place in Harlem. They came in the middle of the night and took his body. His daughter was expecting them to return his ashes later, but instead he was taken to the embalming room where they removed his arm and leg bones. So anything that was left after the cutters had, yes, I would imagine that if someone I've been stewing on the guy that had HIV, yep. that means someone could get a transplant and end up with HIV. Mm -hmm. Dumb question alert. No, not dumb question. Can you get cancer? If someone's organ Ooh. was transplanted into you that had cancer, could cancer cells then grow in, in your, your body? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh. I don't know if cancer cells infect I don't know either. other cells or if it's something in your body that allows cancer cells to do their dirty work. Don't know. I'm I think Googling. it's different to a, a an infection. I think it would be different as well. Yeah. I have a feeling. I know viruses burrow into the cell. The viruses almost like inject themselves into something. Okay. That's why there's why you can't fight them with antibiotics. Whereas an infection is an actual germ that mm. is in the blood body. Cancer, I don't know. Cancer, I think, is the cells all telling each other to do the wrong thing. Mm. 
So I don't think you could get that from another from, from yeah a, I, I doubt it but I'm not a doctor um, so anything that was left after the cutters had finished taking all the parts was cremated and one employee at the crematorium said the bodies often arrived disfigured they were missing limbs sometimes it was just torsos and I'm gonna wait till you're finished with your thing well there's so just, I can horrify you more well it's just different so basically what I'm reading is that they don't recommend people that have cancer in the first place donate yeah but obviously, this but that is may be because of treatments in, that they've had. Yeah, I'm still looking. I don't think I, I I don't think it's possible. I think it's something that happens in the body. We should know all this stuff, shouldn't we? But where the cells stop behaving as they should behave in a normal, healthy body. Oh, see, cancer a, cells start misbehaving. And I'm doing this with no fact checking, but it's there's a website, Live Science, cancer spreads from organ donor to four people in extraordinary oh, case. Oh, wow. Okay. The 53-year-old organ donor died from a stroke in 2007, according to the report. She had no known medical conditions. Multiple tests showed she had no cancer. Doctors transplanted her kidneys, lungs, liver, and heart into the donor recipients. But 16 months later, a woman who received the lung transplant became ill and was found to have cancer in lymph nodes and in her chest. Whoa. An analysis of the cancer cells revealed that they were actually breast cancer cells, and DNA in the cancer cells showed that these cells had come from her organ donor. Wow. So it can. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. The lung recipient's cancer spread. She died about a year after her cancer diagnosis. Okay, so it needs to be policed so carefully, yeah. doesn't it, so that doesn't happen. Um, all right, so the parts that these cutters were removing from the corpses, they were being sent to tissue processing companies and all the paperwork had been falsified. So the cutters were lying about the identities of the dead. They were saying that they were younger than they were. There was one 89-year-old was said to be 60. They lied about the next of kin, their doctor's names. Over a five-year period from 2000 to 2005, a total of 244 corpses were given to the cutters by McCafferty and the Garzonis. And because... Sorry, so how are they hiding the fact that they don't have bodies anymore? Oh, to, what are they telling families? Well, they're giving them ashes of Ran it's a crematorium. Random. Yep. They're okay. just whatever, dust or something. I don't know. Okay. Um, because the records were incorrect, they could only actually identify 48 of them. Wow. Of them, nearly half died of cancer, sepsis, HIV or hepatitis. And one uh, transplant recipient... Betty Plaff, she suffered from a severe infection, septic shock, and eventually she became paralyzed. Uh, others developed illnesses such as hepatitis C, syphilis, and HIV. A 41-year-old 40, Ohio man tested positive for HIV and hepatitis C. Yeah. He had received a, um, a bone implant from this tissue. Right. Uh, and there's others who also developed issues afterwards. With tissue transfer, normally blood tests are compulsory, so the cutters would swap blood in from other corpses that they knew were clean. Oh. So here's how they got caught. There was a couple, um, Deborah Johnson and her husband, Robert Nelms, they bought a funeral home and a man, the Daniel George and Son funeral home. A man had come to the home wanting to bury his aunt. She had prepaid for a funeral, but the paperwork was missing, so her paperwork had right. already been yep, sorted out but it was missing so they went looking for it and as they went looking through all the paperwork they noticed there were some very strange entries in the accounts they called the NYPD and the case was assigned to a, a detective from Brooklyn Patricia O'Brien she checked the files they were wrong and the owners also showed her a room that they'd found in the funeral home upstairs that was fitted out like an operating theatre it had a hydraulic lift that came up from the embalming room below it was a toilet with tubes into it, which blood and other bodily fluids were drained into. There were scalpels and knives and saws. So Patricia O'Brien, the detective, she tracked addresses on the funeral home records to tissue, tissue transplant companies. The relatives of the deceased were interviewed and the number of corpses that had been butchered grew to more than a thousand. Uh. In every case bar one, permission hadn't been given for the harvesting of their skin and their bones and their tendons. So they re exhumed the remains of an 82-year-old woman who'd, who'd died of brain cancer. 
the bones below her waist had been cut out and replaced uh. with plastic piping. So the man behind the entire scheme was Michael Mastro Marino. And apart from being a monster, I bet you he's always so really rich. He was, yeah, he did become rich actually through that. Mm. Wasn't such a great guy. So he was a married father of two. He was in his early 40s. He was from New Jersey. He'd been working as an oral surgeon originally in his life, but he lost his license in 2000 because he'd made a number of, inverted commas, mistakes as a result of his drug habit. He'd fallen asleep while he was suturing a patient. He collapsed coming out of a bathroom with his pants down around his ankles. He left a patient under general anesthesia on the operating table and a nurse found him on the floor of a bathroom with a needle in his arm. So he was sued after he sliced through a nerve in a patient's jaw, which left her face permanently paralysed. In 2010, so he lost his licence. So then in 2002, he opened Biomedical Tissue Services, or BTS, recovering body parts from cadavers, and that's when it all began. He teamed up with a guy called Lee Crucetta, who had experience working for tissue banks. He was put in charge of the team of cutters who would pack the flesh and bones off to processing companies who repacked and shipped the parts off to doctors and hospitals around the world. So I don't think the doctors and the hospitals, well, they wouldn't have known. Mm. I don't know how much the tissue processing companies knew. The funeral home owners, the Garzones, Garzones and McCafferty, they were paid $1,000 for each body that they were supplied. Mastro Marino was then making between ten and $15,000 from each corpse, selling it off as parts. So what do they charge him with? In 2006, Mastro Marino was charged with fraud because the families weren't getting the service that they paid right. for. Okay. And they also charged him with theft committed upon the dead because their body parts had been stolen from right. him. It's so bizarre, isn't it? In 2008, he pleaded guilty to more charges, including body stealing. Mm. He was sentenced to 18 to 54 years in prison. He agreed to pay $4.6 million to the relatives of victims. In court, he apologized for all of the pain and grief that he caused. The funeral home operators, Lou Garzoni, his brother Gerald, and James McCafferty Jr., they were also charged. The lead cutter, Lee Crucetta, was facing a maximum of 1,700 years in jail if he was convicted on more than 1,000 counts. But he pleaded guilty to a string of charges. He actually made a deal for a lower sentence. He only ended up up getting six years and eight months. Nothing. 900 people nationwide had received some of the 20,000 pieces of stolen tissue. Some of them would never know. No. There was talk of a class action lawsuit against all the defendants in the criminal case, all those names I just mentioned, as well as the tissue companies. And there is a lawsuit by 15 families of people whose body parts were harvested without their knowledge or Mm. permission. I actually couldn't find any update on where those two cases are at, so I'm not entirely sure. Um, But just to finish, there was quite an interesting perspective on the whole case from an Irish journalist by the name of Mary Kenny. Now, her sister Ursula was among the bodies that was cut up without permission. And she wrote that she doesn't resent that her her sister's body was dissected, only that it was done without permission. She said, what is a body after death anyway? Her spirit remains strongly with me, and that is dearer to me than than the fate of a mere anatomy. Mm. The accused guilt may be guilty of much fraud, larceny, misleading loved ones of taking advantage of their vulnerabilities, of falsifying records, of harvesting remains in grotesque, unsanitary settings, and of introducing potentially infectious parts into otherwise healthy bodies. Isn't that last thing, without doubt, their most egregious offence? And it's what you just reacted most strongly to, was yeah. the fact that living people, it's, it's, in a way it is, it's worse. Yeah. That they're harming, the harm done to living people people. is almost worse than what was done to the dead body. Uh, She finished by saying um, that that hasn't resulted in a single criminal offence, a criminal charge. Instead, it's the charge of abuser of corpses defined by the Commonwealth as a person who treats a a corpse in a way that he knows would outrage ordinary family sensibilities that has given the government most traction. Um, And in 2010... 
Michael Mastro Marina's Marina's wife or now ex-wife Barbara. Yes. She's changed her name now too. She went on TV. Uh, she listened to and apologized to the daughter of one of the victims. And she has written a book called The Body Snatcher's Wife. And final note, on the morning of July 7, 2013, Michael, Michael Marino died at St. Luke's Hospital suffering from bone cancer at the age of 49. Mm. So I don't That's know where those two lawsuits are at. I will keep an eye on that story if there's any It is interesting update. though because the, um, they weren't – what they were doing is highly illegal but they it had a – good outcome for many people not for everyone oh yeah true but they weren't doing it to help people they were doing it to make money yeah but there are worse ways to make illegal money but then people also fell sick so it's a real there's so many ways you can think about it yeah well there's i think they're saying around about twenty thousand people had Mm. parts whether it be a tendon or i suppose it depends on what was put into you as to the risk of it. Yes. And if you ended up with, you know, yeah. HIV, well, then that hasn't ended well for you. And some people may not pursue the case because they may be okay with organ donation yeah. anyway. It is really a really complex one to think about, isn't it? it? Yeah. Mm. Mm. What you got for me? Chanel I've got um, Elizabeth Bathory. Mm. Nothing? No. Okay. Elizabeth Bathory was born on... I need to know how that's spelled. Well, it could be Bathory. It's B-A-T-H-O-R-Y. Bathory. Bathory? Bathory. Yeah, I don't know. Mm, Neither. She was born on a family estate in Royal Hungary in 1560 or 1561. Oh, that's early. Which branch of Wikipedia did you get your notes from? It's quite early, isn't it? Mm. Mm. She was the daughter of Baron George Bathory. I'm going to go with Bathory. Whatever you like. And Baroness Anna Bathory. She descended from multiple noble lineages and included the King of Poland and the Prince of Transylvania among her relatives. Hmm. Yeah, we're going right back. This is like the time where people had nits and they were stinky because they didn't bathe. But they looked beautiful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Her said bloodline was also one of uh, nits. Why did you? Because they they had they never washed their hair and their hair was full of nits. But they always had it in paintings. It looked beautiful, but in real life, it was infested. Ooh, and they'd be itchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there wasn't much known about hygiene. Mm. Uh, her, her said bloodline, when you look at it on, on paper, looks very royal and all mm. of that, but her parents were actually close relations, as was often the case with marriages then, and she was really just, there was a lot of inbreeding going on. Oh, okay. Yes, Ooh. it is thought that uh, all of the inbreeding in her family may have been the source for her multiple health problems. Oh, yes, yes. that's what happens. What's that famous family and you can't? Google anything on it. What? There's a family. Are they marrying brothers and sisters? No, it was like they found, yes, yes, it was like some sort of a compound thing and they found this whole, it's really, really weird and tragic. I'm going to. You find it, I'll keep talking. So Elizabeth suffered from severe epileptic seizures that led to an array of pseudo quackery cures that inspired many of the most insidious stories about the Bathory vampire legend. The cult family. The cult family. The Where cult. are they from? Uh, it's an Australian family. They were found in 2012. Yes. Four generations of incest. See? Uh, they all lived on a farm near Burrowa in New South Wales. And the family members' true identities remain unknown to the public. Oh, so cult isn't their actual name. So right. they were protected to a certain extent. I was going to say that's a very... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think they... I think they got out, got a few of the kids out of there, but they became all, yeah. Right. So sick. Elizabeth is having seizures as a child, and one favourite conspiracy pseudo quackery theory is that her seizures were treated by rubbing the blood of a non sufferer onto her lips or using a piece of their skull. Yes, and this ignited her bloodthirst. Oh, yes. So they were doing crazy shit to her as a child. And as she grew up, she became obsessed. Rubbing blood on her lips. I've never heard of that. Yes. Using a piece of their skull. 
Oh. They would get the skull, dip it in the blood, no. and rub it on her lips no, to stop no. her seizures. But that's a, that skull's hard. Why wouldn't you choose know. a soft bit, like don't get a bit of, a, of hair? Use that. I don't know. Another theory. Not uh, a moustache, though. That would be too prickly. You wouldn't want that rubbed on your lips. Blah, blah, blah. Another theory was that her family taught her to be cruel, that they taught her witchcraft and exposed her to uh, Satan worshipping. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot going on in this family. Yeah. Just a general vibe. Yeah, I don't like of it. Darkness. Yeah. So uh, there's Transylvania. Did you say they were? Is this like Dracula? They're, they are. Is this Mrs. Dracula? They well. What? Keep listening. Oh, what? Yeah. So she. Uh, a lot of what we know about her is there's not a lot to back it up. Yeah. Because it's so long ago, but we take it for face value. Well, she was raised. In luxury, because they are somewhat a royal family. Yeah. And at the age of 10, Elizabeth is betrothed to Ferenik Nadasi, a nobleman and heir to one of the wealthiest dynasties mm-hmm. in the region, although he was technically of lower social standing than his wife to be. Right, okay. Yes. They married when she was 15, he was 19, and he took her surname. Right. Yes, oh. probably because of the social standing. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his wedding gift to her uh, in the castle that they lived in, which I'm not even going to attempt the name of the castle that they lived in. But Please do. Can you do it? It could be Jesje. C-S-E-J-T-E. Jesje? Because I feel like the C and the E should be Ches, like J. Yes. No vowels in that? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
She stitched their lips and tongues together, made servants sit on stinging needles, then oh. bathe with said stinging nettles. Oh, nettles, not needles, sorry. Yeah. And during the bath, she'd push the nettles into their shoulders and their breasts. They're she the worst stinging nettles. Yeah. I mean, there's worse stuff in that list, but they're terrible. She had them stand in tubs of ice water up to their necks until they died. She smeared a naked girl with honey and left her outside to be bitten by ants, wasps, bees and flies. She kept them from eating for a week at a time and if they got thirsty, she made them drink their own urine. She forced them to cook and eat their own flesh, usually cut from their buttocks, and make sausages and would make them serve those sausages made of their own flesh to guests. How did she even think of these things yeah. to do? It's so fucked up, isn't it? There's still a bit more. And how many she heated is up. she churning through? There's so many. Like, there's so much yeah. here. Well, stick with me. At one point, does word get around? Don't go and work there. Strap yeah, yourselves dying. in. Wow. She heated up a cake to red-hot temperatures and made a servant eat it. She baked a magical poisonous cake in order to kill a... Rival magistrate. Magical. Mm. She cast a spell to summon a cloud filled with 90 cats to torment her enemies. Oh. Yes. Cl- what? Hang on. Cloud filled with Can 90 you... cats. Yeah. Well, so she what was she into, said? She was That's into... what it sounds like. Yeah. Okay. She cast a spell to summon a cloud filled with 90 cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not sure why you need 90, but yep. She st- Stuffed yeah, why 90? What a weird number. I don't know. Something, maybe something Satan about it. Mm. She mm. stuffed servants' corpuses underneath a bed and continued to feed them. Is it corpuses? Corpses. Cor- <laughs> it's somewhere why, between a dead it? body and a, and a dolphin. <laughs> I should be able to say that word. She continued to feed the dead people. Oh. Yes. You, not gonna... She put them under her bed and she would feed them. As if they were still alive, she buried them in gardens, grain pits, or orchards, and occasionally cemeteries. Holy shit! Yeah. Now, although the count participated in his wife's cruelties, that's the end of the list. The list is done. Uh, he I may. Bet it's not. Well, I bet there's stuff that people didn't bother to write down. Right. I think he may have also restrained some of her impulses. When he died in the early 1600s, though, she became much worse. With the help of her former nurse and local witch, she began abducting peasant girls to torture and kill. Hang on a minute. Yep. This is 1500s, right? Yeah, 15 to 16. Yep. Do you ever think to yourself, though, did this really happen? Or is someone know. just made up a big story about it. But I feel like it. this shit did happen. It's pretty specific mm. for made-up shit, isn't it? Well, Otherwise we you would know. just go, oh, Stop she... Stop ruining the mystery. She drinks the bloods of her servants. Well, you wouldn't give all those specific yeah. things. Yeah, thanks, Kirst. <laughs> so she would bite chunks of flesh from her victims. Oh. Yes, and she would bathe in human blood because she felt it kept her looking young and healthy. Yeah, well, there's people who get placenta injected in them, so yeah, that doesn't well, surprise me. In December 1609, could have been 1610, uh, Count Gyrigri Thurzo makes yep. an investigative visit. I can't say investigative. It's the one word I can't say. Investigative. Investigative. But you had had a good fist of the bloke's name. Oh, bloody hell. He goes to the bloody castle in Hungary on orders from a king and discovers... Elizabeth directing a torture session of young girls. Oh, God. She was already well known in the area for her torture and murder because, as you say, the word's getting out. People are going up to the castle and not coming back. But her title and high-ranking relatives had made her untouchable. So people knew it was happening, but because of who she was, no one was kind of going up against her. Uh her bloodthirsty activities may have led many to cite her as one of the first vampires in history. Since her family headed the local government, her crimes were ignored for some time, but when the king got involved, he intervened and they began finding victims among the daughters of local nobles. In January 1611, uh, she was put on trial for 80 counts of murder, but 80 is the low end of her body count. People think it may have been as high as 650. Whoa. Yeah. She was doing lots of murdering. Uh, All were convicted, but only 
Elizabeth escaped execution. So I think they went after people that kind of kidnapped them and knew that this was going on. Instead, she was confined to a room of the castle that only had slits for air and food. She survived for just three years before she was found dead in 1614. But apparently Elizabeth is quoted in vampire stories. Oh, okay. Yes. Because Transylvania is meant to be where Dracula is from, so something must have been going on. Yes. Ooh. But that's her. It's quite sickening, isn't it? Isn't it? It actually makes your tummy not well. Yeah. Um, Should we do some feedback? Sure. Oh, you're giving me one. Yeah. Okay. I'll do a little couple first because <clears throat> this is. Oh, you're going first. Yeah. I am. Okay. Sorry. Shit. You go. Because we need to. <laughs> we need to address something that oh. happened on this podcast. Oh. This one. Did we offend someone? No. Oh. No. No. Quite the opposite, actually. Do oh. you remember we gave a little shout out to the solved, unsolved, or spooky oh, yeah, the podcast? Podcast. We did. Yeah. It was nice, but wasn't it? Yeah. Somebody objected to it, didn't want us to give a leg up to... <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, this is from the girls. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> OMG, Kim and I were listening to your latest episode last night. This came in a few weeks ago. Okay. Uh, and we heard your shout out. Thank you so, so much. Oh, We God. love you guys so much. And I agree with the chap from last night. More Kirsten. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are the best. Oh, they're so, so the best ever. We are so excited. Nice things, nice things, and nicest things ever. And there's about seven kisses in a row. So how are you feeling now about insisting that we don't give them anything? And then there's another one. It's and- a dog-eat-dog world, oh, no. you know. But yeah. they're, look, they're very lovely. So Well, what here's now? one from Paul. Oh, no. Hey, ladies. Nice oh. things, nice things. Long-term listener who's been listening from the start. Brackets, What's happened? Well, maybe episode three. And loved the show. Great. Thanks, Dee Dee, for the recommendation for Kim and Steph on Solved, Unsolved or Spooky. Oh, no. It is a great podcast and meets all of my dead body's needs. As a result, I won't need to listen to your podcast <gasps> anymore. Oh, but you're... hey, thanks for the memories. Let's stay in touch. <laughs> Cheers, Paul. So you've indicated, Chanel, that's what's happened. And there'll be more. Paul's, Paul's bothered to write to us and tell us that he's gone. There'll yep, be so many I'm more going... that have just up and left. Great. <laughs> Why? See? Gone. Paul's gone. He won't hear this because he's left us. He took the recommendation, as you predicted, I'm... Chanel. Yes. <sighs> Calling bullshit on Paul. <laughs> of course it's bullshit. But he's he's making the point. He just I think he's just fancies you a bit. Oh. I don't mean I it like that, that way. He's Not been in a sassy, weird though. way. I'm he's saying been sassy. Yeah, he's, he's, stirring, to, he's winding pick... us up. Yeah, yeah. And, I enjoy but he's it. picked a side. I hear what's happening from, from Paul. He's picked a side, and he's picked your side, Shana. Thank you. So that's where Paul but stands. I'm glad but it... that the girls were loving hearing our shout out. And, and there you are. We've proved once again you're a better person than me. So good for you. <laughs> okay, we've got one from Trish here. Hi, gorgeous ladies. Nice things. Nice things. My friend Tracy and I have been longtime listeners. Have they're inspired by us. Yes. For what? What part of what we do? I don't Socks, know. Farting. Tracy's a mortician here yes. in Brizzy and I'm a former journo and have a f- and a few years back we decided to write a book about her experiences with Ooh. the deceased. Yeah. But when we worked out how much hard work that was, we, <laughs> it's true. It would be so much hard work. We started a YouTube channel instead called Am I promoting this? It sounds like it. <laughs> Instead called, Are You Dying to Know? It's a good name. Basically, Tracy and I are sitting on a couch with our friend Calvin Spine. Good name for a dead a bit skeleton. situation. Yeah. Uh, chatting about mortuary and funeral things and answering questions from people about death, funerals, body prep and other bits and bobs. Early on, the crappy comments from the haters almost <laughs> did us in. But we have now found enough strange people like ourselves who appreciate that we laugh and make jokes and can also be respectful about the subject matter and not overtly graphic for the sake of gaining subscribers. Hearing you go through this gave us hope that there would be people who would eventually get us. It's so true. Yeah. We found our people. Except we can't say that we're not overtly graphic given that laundry, Ugh, laundry list we, of horror that you just I know, unfolded. So it's true. But we did eventually. <laughs> remember the haters at the start? Oh, yes. There probably still are a few. And I don't, I don't want I to see them. I couldn't give a shit. No. Anyway, I think you'd like 
some of the things we talk about as we love your pods. We've pointed our viewers to your podcast a few times. Oh, that's because nice. Are, see? Oh, I, I know, it's a community. It's a, it is a community. It's a dead body's community. I like it. Because we are always amazed by your stories and how creepy some of them are. We dream one day to be so fancy as to have a special laundry for recording yes. and yes. a... Terry Bell and the producer. <laughs> but know that if we stick to our guns, we might just get there. And I'll just tell you one thing. You'll never have a cursed. You can oh, never no. find another cursed. No. I'm you can really try. protective. Like I'm ready to go in and punch I know. people if they try and take cursed yeah. away from my You could hire a producer, but yep. it'll never be cursed. Yep. Anyway, much love to the two funniest chicks we have heard in a long time, Trish and Tracy. Now, oh. they attached a photo and I looked at the photo before I read it. I couldn't work out what was happening. <laughs> Now that I've read this, P.S. I grew some bananas, which Nico might like. They are about three centimetres long, so might help him perfectly regulate the banana content in his smoothies. Pics attached. Can I tell you, the banana situation is still going on. Oh, really? Yes. We went to the supermarket the other day and I stood in front of the bananas and I pointed. I said, do you want to pick some bananas? And he came over, inspected and decided no. Yeah. I hope he didn't try and separate any before he did that because that leaves lonely bananas. Can I add a feedback? Yes. Someone contacted me on Twitter and I really appreciated it. This was the message I got. Okay. So uh, it's from Jess and she says, I I don't think she'll mind me sharing. Anyway, I'm so happy to see you uh, back on Twitter. You make my days brighter and better. Thank you. And says, be safe and go easy on Nico. Um, I have a Nico too. They are hard work. Hey, lol, Jess in Adelaide. <laughs> and so she hasn't said that she listens to the podcast, but I immediately know because of the Nico reference that she's a of podcast course. listener. Right. I write back, thank you, um, you know, for everything. Like, thanks for being so lovely because I took some time off social media. And, uh, uh, right. you know, yeah. Yeah. and she says, bless you two. Make my day when you pod. And adds, I've never seen you on TV, on TV to be honest. Lol. Oh, she just doesn't watch on the telly. Yeah, and so she, she does a PS, <laughs> go the merch. Like, I oh, we should merch. have. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I said to her, you're not missing out on anything not seeing me on TV because I am a professional on TV and the podcast is the true me. I get so excited <laughs> when I see you on TV. It's I can't not me. Help it. I know, but I'm I just a fake get person. Dirty and I just stare at you. I'm there talking about the premiere and all these. It's things. a different voice. It's a different. Yeah. It's a different. Well, it's me. the same voice, but it's it's, it's different. Professional Chanel, and I love Such... it. I really get excited by it. Anyway, well, thank you for your feedback. There are more feedbacks. They'll come up in future episodes. We'd love to hear from you, specifically if you've ever seen a dead body, not like a family member, found a dead body. We should have what? gone in with that. Why are we putting ever... filters on the dead bodies now? <laughs> just if you've seen a dead body, let us know. Maybe okay. you found your uncle. I don't know. And you could just go into the thing there, Kirst. The ding, da, ding, da, ding. Da, 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 da. Beautiful. Love it. Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vella and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.